Welcome to Great Minds, a wine-centric podcast where two wine-loving friends take a look beyond what is in the glass. We look behind it, too, discovering the stories and the culture and the history and, of course, the people that make it all happen. I'm Gina Birch. And I'm Julie Glenn. We also taste a little wine along the way. Today, we're continuing our summer series on both wine travel and grilling. Double whammy, baby. Double dipping, (laughs) as one should, with wine for sure. But not double dipping with the dips, you know. Yeah. Maybe we still have COVID yeah. around and yeah. stuff. Keep that chip to yourself. Yeah, no kidding. Get can, away from my guac. You can flip it around and dip on the other side. I'm for that. I okay. do that all the time. Yeah. But I'm not going to have like the lip flip side. Flip and dip. Yeah, no. No, lip side <laughs> does not go back in that guac or salsa. <laughs> so with the global pandemic and travel being restricted as it is, we've been exploring the world through wine. We've also been talking a lot about summer grilling and wines for grilling and cultures and regions where grilling and meat in general are big deals. Mm-hmm. So we visited Argentina and our last episode and it's a country of course that is known for grilling uh, meat production and carnivores and today we're going to Portugal which doesn't exactly have the same reputation for grilling meats but it does when it comes to fish and it also has a reputation for its amazing succulent black pork and superb wines that go with both big reds along with whites that are perfect for summer like vino verde so black pork, we're talking about not the actual flesh being black, because I don't know if I could deal with that. No, no, no. I don't know why it's called. Oh, because they eat the black acorns. Oh, do they? Yeah. Huh. I wonder if they have, like, black hair and skin and stuff. Uh, You know, I, I I thought I saw them when I was there, and I just, I know just they like have little black, piggy piggies. I know they have little black piggies down in Calabria in southern Italy. Yeah. But yeah, they exist. Anyway, sorry about that. No, but so, so you know, in Portuguese, the, they, they pronounce things differently it you might want to i tend to want to put the spanish pronunciation but it's not so uh i say vino verde it's called it's vino vino verde vino vino verde well now i'll be correct i've been wrong my whole life (laughs) it's also known as green wine yeah and we have some in our glass right now green because it's nice and fresh it doesn't look green Mm -mm. um but it is uh supposed to have that fresh springtime kind of feel to it it is fresh and springy yeah this dude is lemony fresh that has more flavor than most vino verdes we're drinking um emial bicho amaribo 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 i don't know amaribo I'm looking at the bottles. A M A R E L O. Yeah, but the 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 um, Portuguese pronunciation had a B. I I copied it down. Really? They t- yeah. They stick a B in there. Yeah. It's 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 odd. It's different. So right. So if you see this, you're gonna call it Amiel Pico Amarelo. That's that's what the uh the us us we Americans are gonna call it in America. <laughs> Amiel. But Amiel. so Vino Verde is actually a small region just north of Porto. And it's around the coastline by Spain. So just to get a reference, you know, Portugal, it's bordered by Spain on one side. It's a big, long strip of land, kind of like Florida or California. And on the other side is the Atlantic Ocean, hence all of the the the, the seafood that people love. They're, they're one of the biggest consumers of seafood in, in Europe. Mm-hmm. In Vino Verde, there are nine different subregions. Yeah? Yeah. So it's a so- small space, but there are nine different little parcels within that area. But Vino Verde generally has like a, a I don't want to say fizziness, but like a little effervescence. Tiny, tiny, teeny 
tiniest thing. I mean, you can barely even see bubbles in it most of the time. I this can't. One I, I can't don't get it anything. in this. Uh-uh. This one, I don't feel anything, but um, at all. But you can mainly feel it more than Ooh, see it. I think this is very lemony. Yes, very lemon, citrusy. Lemony snicket right here. Mm-hmm. This is around a, an eighteen dollar. A lot of them are very affordable. These mm-hmm. wines, they're fresh. They're ones that you can drink all day. They're typically lower in alcohol. Yeah, usually they are low in alcohol. Mm-hmm. There was one I sold a thousand years ago, and it was called Casal Garcia. And I think you can find it on the shelf retail around five bucks. What? So cheap. Are you serious? It's the original low alcohol, super duper cheap. Not very. Ex- there's really not much flavor to it, honestly, to oh. me. It's kind of like watery. I was in uh, Portugal a couple of years ago. I spent almost three, oops, sorry, Creek, that was my bones. I spent almost three weeks there, and I drank a lot of Vino Verde because it was hot as can be. ATs. Um, So Portugal is is a pretty fascinating region. Um, The country has more indigenous grapes than almost any other in Europe. In fact, they have the highest density of native grapes per square mile than anywhere, anywhere, period. So Woo. that's why I think a lot of people, when you, you when you think of, <laughs> you just get another smack of acid in there. Yeah. When you think of uh, of, of Portuguese grapes, and you you think of areas or uh, of the the country that aren't as explored as much as they should, I think a lot of it has to do with you look at these these names. And you're like, I yeah, I don't know what that is. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the cab. Yeah, everybody thinks of Portugal and they like immediately go to port. Which is, you know, from there. Yeah, that's but, their number one commodity, right? Or, or that's what everyone thinks of first, is yeah, port. Yeah, port is made out of wine. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a lot of wine to make the port. So they have all these different indigenous varieties that go into making port that we've just never really recognized individually, you know, from over on this half of the globe and, and much outside of Portugal. They've got a lot of field blends there, too. So you've just got a bunch of stuff planted together, mm-hmm. um, and that's the case with Vino Verde. Uh, there are like six different white wines that go into it, and the only one that most people, I think, uh, would have any uh, idea is Albarino, which is really Alver, Alva, Alvajino. They pronounce it different, but it's the Albarino in Spain, um, and Al, it's, there's a V and an H in, in the same Alvari, Alvarino yeah, in Alvarino. Portugal. So, Do you roll the R2? Uh, let's just throw it in there. Yeah, let's do it because it sounds good. Well, I love it. Because you might as well just make it as hard as possible. And and half of these don't have on there, so we really don't know one, what we're drinking. They don't have pronouncers. What's the predom- or how to pronounce it or what the predominant grape is. When I was there, I'd go to, I was really trying to distinguish the flavors between, say, Torriga Franca and their national grape, Torriga Nacional and uh, Tinto Ruiz and all of these. And I would go to a restaurant and they'd pour the red and like, okay, so what's in it? And they would look at me like, I, I, what do you mean? It's It's red wine. It's... Yeah, but what percentages? And and finally, I just gave up because there's absolutely no way that uh, I was going to find out. They didn't care. They just know it's, it's a true. it's a field blend. They're all planted together. We vinified it together. Do you like it or not? Shut up and drink. Eat some meat. Eat some. Now I sound like a. I'm from New York. Eat, eat. Yeah, manja, manja. Now you're <laughs> right, Italian. Italian. But yeah, no. I always remember my friend from France who was like, "Why do Americans want to know?" All the different grapes that go into a wine. Can you just not enjoy it? And we're like, I'm like, no. <laughs> we got to know everything about everything. Well, yeah, and I think part of it for me is, as a wine lover, is I want to try to identify what each grape brings to the table. Mm-hmm. I want to know, oh, well, because of it's it's grassy because of this, or it's um, 
jammy because of that or it gets its structure from that and you're right at the end of the day does it really matter it's yeah remember when we tried that champagne or were you there we tried a champagne it, did, it was 100 percent uh the pinot meunier yeah that was so cool because it was just like oh now i see what pinot meunier does to a, sh- a champagne exactly exactly so, so so i like that but she was like you know when you smell a perfume you don't ask what's in it and i'm like that's true, but I also don't drink perfume. <laughs> and I also don't study perfume. If I did, I would want to know the different things that were in it, you know, that made it what it was. But anyway, I digress. The wines we are drinking today are all from Esperol, and um, that's spelled E-S-P-O-R-A-O. And they're one of the largest, most respected producers. You sure there's not a B in there? No. Because <laughs> I stuck a B in the other one on me. I know. it's <laughs> Uh, in the Duro region, they're a leader in organic wines. They make olive oil. Uh, they've really embraced vino tourism. So if you're ever in the northern part of Portugal, it's it's really worth exploring. The Douro region is, I think, the most well-known region. And, and again, it goes back to the tie-in of port. That's where all the grapes are grown for mm-hmm. port. They grow these grapes. They, they put them on a barge. They take them down the Douro River, and they go up to a town called Porto. Across the river is a little town called Gaia, and that's where just dozens and dozens and dozens of port houses are. And it's just super cool to go and um, and explore that area. And it's a it's just it's beautiful. the The wine country is terraced. It looks like it's an amphitheater. It's so tall, and 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 uh, a lot of it steep. has to be done by hand. Yeah, steep. And then when you take one of these river cruises and wind through it, it's just it's really breathtaking. It's one of the um, a, a very spectacular to me wine region. If when you're traveling and, and seeing the world to see to get on a, cru- a boat cruise and go through the Douro the Douro Valley, I would really like to go to Portugal sometime. Mm. But you know what really just buffaloes me is the language. It would just be very, I think, hard for me to get my head around the language. It's kind of very unique, isn't it? It is very unique. And, and so, uh, gosh, what did, how does someone describe it to me as a combination of Russian and something else? Because it just has all these weird pronunciations. Like we were struggling with trying to pronounce the, that, the, the Vino Verde. and The one that has no B in it. Right. And all of a sudden it's a B. Um, but because of that, a lot of the Portuguese people are really adept at language because they have to, there's so many different sounds. They yeah. speak multiple languages. So when you travel there, it's not, it's not as difficult as you would think to communicate. I met a Portuguese guy in France and, uh, he was pretty easy to understand in English and in Spanish. So, cause we had some Spanish speakers with us and some English speakers and, and then he could even do French. He was great. So. Yeah. We all got along with him quite well because we understood what he was saying. <laughs> so we're going to start uh, experimenting with some of some of the red wines that we have from Esperon. All right, this is Murcas, M-U-R-C-A-S, yes, but there's a thing on the C, so. Yeah, so it's Morsash. Of course. Morsashimina. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, Morsashiminas. And this is around a $24 bottle of wine, and I believe this has the Tariga Nacional and the Tariga Franca and the Tinto Roriz. I can't read the bottle from over there. But those are three of the the main grapes um, that you're going to find in the Duro. And most of the wines from here are... The DOC. Okay. Yep. Mm. Mm -hmm. Man, the aroma that comes up from this Mm -hmm. when it's in the glass is... uh, I get a little coffee ground. I can't it's also a little coffee-ish to me. Here, I'm going to give um, this back to you so you can okay. see if you can figure out the grapes. I, it's beyond my visual ability. 
I'm too old to read that. Oh, it's okay. Well, that smells fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's got a little wildness on the nose. You know, you like that wildness, don't you? It's a little wild. You know, like when you're into uh, a blackberry thicket mm-hmm. kind of situation, a little leafiness, mm-hmm. and like the twigs and feel yourself getting poked by the little twiggies sticking out <laughs> so this has all of those uh, grapes that i mentioned plus two or three other ones so um, which i'm just not going to belabor the pronunciation anymore let's just taste it and see if we uh what you think about this with and and think of the from the from the area you think this might need to open a little bit as i'm smelling it hmm? yeah it kind of needs a little time to air out it's a little tight Got a little rustic. It is a baby though, isn't it? Just like a year old. Mm-hmm. It's got to me. It's got like a little, like a licorice kind of, not anisette, but yeah, more uh, black licorice. Mm-hmm. But that brambliness is uh, very present, and it kind of overrides the fruit right now for me. So think about this then, after being open for an hour, which we don't have the chance. I, sh- I should have done that before I came in. Well, you never um, know, you know, till you open you it. Don't. You're like, ooh, that needs to. Um, but these are big red grapes, you know, so they do need uh, a little time. But I'm, I'm trying to picture like a chicharron or a, a grilled pork or grilled pig or even um, some of those cured meats that this are so... use some fat. Yeah. Th- those fatty cured meats. Mm. Yeah, this has got a lot of acidity mm-hmm. and some very short tannins. Those little tannins are just kind of like tight. Mm. Yeah. That, that needs a little more time open. It's, it's, it's very... You know what? Why don't we up. do this? Why don't we revisit it and in our notes when we when we post this podcast, we can say after an hour, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Plan ahead. Plan accordingly. Or even tomorrow morning for breakfast <laughs> when yeah. we had it with our bacon, we thought it was. And maybe next week it'll still even be good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a possibility. I've had that happen with some Spanish wines mm-hmm. a week later and it was still good. And it wasn't bad the first day or two either. So now, and, and remember, this one had a lot of other little, gra- smaller grapes, uh, small percentages of other big red grapes in there. We're moving on to the uh, uh, Morsash Minas. Asobio? No, the Asobia. Uh, I'm as- not even. Asobio. 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 So this is, um, uh, and this comes from a little higher altitudes. The name uh asobio is s-o-b-i-o wind it's or the whistle it means whistle s-o-b-o yeah really and it's at, named after the wind because of the higher altitudes so my short grapes at the beginning grown. julie i'm pretty sure that's not how it is but 2017 this is from duro mm-hmm. from the duro valley again and it's Turiga nacional at 40 percent. this has got the breakdown yeah. i love when they do this and it's on the front you don't have to search for it uh tinto roiz uh 30 percent and Tariga Franca, hmm. which is 30%. I wonder if it's kind of like their Cab Franc and Cab, <laughs> Cab Nacional. I, I, you know, I, I wonder I went, if it's related at all to Cab Franc. I don't recall. I, I went through a couple of tours and, and tried to remember all that, and I just don't even remember what I did five minutes ago at the moment. So yeah, no <laughs> I should have written it down for it's this. It's been that kind of week, people. It really has. For this uh, podcast. But uh, So this one to me has, it's still very brambly and rustic. Yeah. Um, I mean, the nose is brambly so far. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm getting more fruit, more red fruits. Yeah, good. And and I just, I, I just when I'm tasting this, I'm thinking of a, a crispy pig. Yeah, that's got a little bit more on the mid-palate, a little yeah. bit more fruit. You're right. You, you, you just put, peel off that skin, and you have the fat under there, and you have the juicy meat underneath. 
This is definitely a, a black plum situation. Yeah. Slightly underripe plum. Definitely not overripe and not cooked. But I can see how these, with this kind of structure and these flavors, when becoming a port, could really spice up a good port. So I love how you just made that connection between the port that it can become once it's fortified Mm -hmm. and made into these beautiful big port wines that are famous for dessert. And in Portugal, they have port cocktails a lot, port tonics. Oh, yeah. So they'll put a little tonic with the port, and all of a sudden it's this nice refresher, again, because it can be so hot when you go inland. And they also, for the first time, I, I tried a white port and a pink port, a rosé port. I think a rosé port would be really interesting. I thought it was fantastic, just because I've never had it before. You know, whether it tasted fantastic or not, I just thought, I'm just dining on heaven. I'm having a, a rosé port. I've just never even thought about that. You know, there is a port producer in Napa called Prager. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how much they're distributed nationally, but they're right on uh, Highway 29, so it's pretty easy to pop in. Mm-hmm. Although right now, because of COVID, everybody's requiring um, appointments. Right. Which is very inconvenient when you just want to go pop in places. Yeah. And I just had a friend who was out in, uh, Cal- in Napa uh, last week, and they said it was packed. Yeah. Which is nice to hear that people are getting back out. But we digress. But unfortunately, they can't go anywhere. But they do make a white port, and it's out of Chardonnay. Um, When we talk about Portugal, before we wrap this up, we've really concentrated on the northern part, uh, uh, Vino Verde and um, in Porto, the Douro area, the Douro River and the Douro Valley. But there is, when you go inland and closer to the border of Spain, and it's a hotter drier and it's Alentejo and it is phenomenal. It's overlooked. They produce some amazing wines and here is where you're going to find um, things like Tempranillo, which has another name in Portugal, which you can't, Tempranillo is the Spanish word. Uh, they do a lot of Alicante Boucher. They're doing a really great job with that. This is where all the cork trees are found. Oh, And you just drive through cork forests when you're there and it's so cool to see how the cork is harvested. And it's those acorns that drop on the ground that all the little piggies eat. They give you this great piggy meat. The little black pigs. Yeah. So, Aww. I mean, it's just, I, I love how it's all just tied in. Um, and I imagine that pork would be incredible with the wines growing right nearby. For geeky food and wine folks, I went to um, Evora is a town in, Alan, in the Alentejo region. It is a world... Heritage, UNESCO World Heritage Site. It's about 90 miles from Lisbon, if you ever get there or when you get there. I think we all should go. And I ate it. And it's becoming a really culinary hub. That center part of of, uh, Portugal had always been kind of dismissed Mm -hmm. when it comes to food and and even wine, even though they made some make some really great wine um, and are doing some cool things. But we had the cured meat from 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 the ham. And they had parts of it from every, like, this is the shoulder, mm-hmm. this is the butt, this is the that. And they mm-hmm. all had it laid out on this charcuterie board, so... Like in the shape of the pig, because that would be a little... No, it wasn't in the shape of the pig. Because that, that would be kind of rude. That would have been rude. But it, <laughs> but it's out, I love your I love your aesthetic uh, planning there with that. <laughs> like, here's the butt. Now, they probably had it in order from back to front or front to back, depending on what side of the table you're sitting on. I but mean, to me, the back is the best. Yeah. And it was so... Awesome to taste them all side by side to see what but cured the same yeah. way, simple cured, salt cured and the pepper. same way, and you could see that one looked more fatty, or, or and one looked a little more dry. One was this, one was that, and they just all of them just melted in your mouth. But it was such a great study of 
of, of the animal and, and what you can do with the meats when the just muscles. like with the grapes, you know, yeah. if it's uh, you have the same wine, the same grape from the same vineyard from the same year and you just treat it differently, how it's going to be different, I guess. I think it'd be kind of interesting to do that. I mean, I guess they kind of we've kind of done that in Italy. You know, you got Copa, which is going to be mm-hmm. the shoulder and then the culatello, which is the best muscles from the prosciutto and then mm-hmm. the prosciutto being the whole leg and, you know, haunch. I got, I got your haunch right here. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've got to get that Parma tattoo still. Um, anyway. On your haunch? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, the little crown and it's yeah. going to say Parma. <laughs> I'm not going to make it look like a brand, though. I'm just going to do the eventually. Will you be able to see it when you wear your bathing suit? No. Uh-uh. no. Okay. It's Nobody a- will see it but pretty much me and maybe my husband if he's lucky. <laughs> or unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so Portugal, definitely a place to explore. When you go there, Gina, since you've been there, mm-hmm. is it easy to access? Like you fly in on an airplane, obviously. Pretty easy to get around? There are a lot of direct flights from Boston. Oh, okay. So, and and at least there were pre-COVID. You know, I have not researched the travel there now, but I know I've, I've had friends who uh, uh, go over there to the Azores a lot, and, and they were just there and didn't have any problems. So if you can get to Boston... Um, there are a lot of cheap flights from the East Coast, or I'm not sure if you're listening from the uh, West Coast how it is, but yeah, it's really easy to get to Lisbon, and then from there, it's it's a it's a long country. There's a lot to to explore, and it has so much to offer from architecture and music and food. food yeah, and the beach is down by. Um, so, would you suggest a rental car? Yeah, I, totally. I would just do it and just go up and down. And there's just so much to see. It's really a fascinating. The people were incredibly hospitable Mm -hmm. i I didn't have one bad meal or one bad experience even in a little town that we stopped to and we we couldn't speak anything but we knew how to say meat and bread and we got the best ham sandwich i think i've ever had my whole life um, (laughs) on this white bread with butter and but they have monoliths there i mean they're just all these weird cultural things that you just don't think about when you you just think of port and the big cities but it's it's really a country um to to look into if you're looking to travel somewhere. I think it'd be really uh, pretty interesting. I think the history would be yeah. fabulous to look into. And in the meantime, try some of these wines. And hey, just, this Duro is really good. Yeah. Did you try it again? Yes, I have. I, I really enjoy it. Just remember, you know, some of the first one we tried needed to decant. So yeah, we need to retry the tight Yeah. Let's retry the tight guy as we are uh, signing off. I'm going to throw out the rest yeah. of that one. And let's recheck this guy out. Okay. Just because... Uh, now that you've listened to us for an hour, it's had time to decant. <laughs> not that it's been a full hour. Yeah, Don't freak out. No. You're not late for whatever it is you were going to do after you listen to this. <laughs> Still tight. Still tight. Well, it's tight only on been, it really, it's been five minutes since we first tried. Okay, maybe 15. Mm-hmm. But you it's, can see. It's calmed down a little bit. You can see where it's going. Yeah, it's going in the right direction. Yeah. yeah. You, you were right. You were totally right that it needed to relax. Yeah. And it has a little, of course, my patience level is not for a full hour. Well, I, I think uh, that it needs to relax could apply to a lot of us right now. Oh, no <laughs> There's kidding. a lot of uptightness going around in the in the world, in our country. And um, yeah. sometimes we just need to pull, pour a glass of wine, let it open, put our feet up, and just be grateful and, and thankful for what we have and where we are and, and the people that surround us. Just be happy in the present yeah. and breathe. So next week, are we going to go to uh, California? Is that what we're doing next? Let's do it. All right. Let's cool. go to California. You're and, driving. And talk You're about driving gorillas. this train. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then we got to go to Oregon, too, because we really want to get some Pinot Noir in here. I know we're talking about grilling, 
but a grilling grilled salmon. salmon, grilled salmon, grilled veg, oh. the Pinot Noir, all day okay. long. Okay, all right, all right. I got, I got the plan. Okay, I'm in. Sorry. I'm in with you. <laughs> Great Minds is produced at WGCU Studios on FGCU campus in Fort Myers, Florida. Our producer for online media is Tara Calligan. Great Minds theme music is from the band Victor and Penny. The song is You'd Be So Nice to Come Home To by Cole Porter. To get in touch with us, check out greatminds.org. For Julie Glenn, I'm Gina Birch. Thanks for listening.